Welcome back, Peacemaker. That first episode was a lot to unpack. It may have felt kind of sad and down, but things do get better. That was the meat of it, and now is the fun stuff. Today's episode, I am focusing on things that brought me light throughout those trying times. The support systems and outlets I used to not only get away from the mess my life had become, but actually start to clean it up too. Recently, I just completed my 40 hours of domestic violence advocacy training with my local Safe Family Justice Center. I have not personally experienced domestic violence in my life. I did this training to get a better understanding of the cycles that occur, points to look out for, and to be a better advocate for when I do meet someone who needs my help. One of the key things that stood out to me personally in this training was the importance of having some sort of support system. It really got me thinking about my journey and what my supports actually were. What was it that got me through that rough patch? How is it possible for me to come out of that situation not only as a survivor, but as a conqueror, as Rob Sperry would put it? Research has shown that having a social support system can have a positive impact on your overall mental health. Keeping those few people you trust and can turn to can help you manage everyday challenges, make difficult decisions, or even have during a crisis situation. It can also combat social isolation and loneliness, both of which can put you at a higher risk for physical and mental health issues. For me, right in the beginning of this whole mess, my sister was my biggest support. We are only two and a half years apart and have done pretty much everything together up until that point in our lives. We Irish step danced since I was five to about 14 or 15 years old. We went to practice twice a week. We would travel to competitions regularly. My sister was always my number one support. I looked up to her for everything. We may not have had the exact same taste or style, but she was my rock. And now we were the only ones who knew exactly how this felt. Even our little brothers didn't have the same experience through this as we did. If it wasn't just me and my sister, then we were with our cousins too. My dad's brother had 10 kids. And that is a whole other story too. Our family is so complicated. Anyways, three of my cousins were around me and my sister's age. When I was about 12 or 13, my parents' divorce got pretty messy and we were advised that when it was time to hand off the kids to the other parent, we should do it at a neutral location. Wait until one parent left before the other came to pick up. My uncle's house was our drop-off location. I have countless memories of us kids just hanging out, exploring the surrounding area of the house. It was incredibly refreshing to just be part of the family, not the focus or the problem, just to be an observer again. As soon as the oldest of us got their license, we were always out. 
We would drive around aimlessly just to be away. We would blast the radio with our favorite music and just be young and free. Being with our cousins was more of an outlet for us. Of course, we could talk about anything with them, and they were always amazing supports to us. But for me, I liked to see them more as a fun outlet. A time where I didn't have to think about the mess going on or all of my spiritual woes. I could relax and just have fun like a normal kid again. When we didn't want to be thinking about our real life anymore, our mental escape was reading. We would read for hours and hours, way into the night, just to live through the characters' problems and not our own. We dove into the young adult adventure genre. So Hunger Games, Divergent, Maze Runner, those kinds of books, all before they became movies. We still had our church friends. We saw them every Sunday, every day at school, and every weekday morning for our early morning church class before school. We didn't have a whole lot of friends who weren't from church as well. We moved schools a few times just because we wanted to try out the new technology-based school in town. We didn't love it, so we moved back to regular public school. And all of that jumping caused us to lose friends along the way, which was sad, but we still made do. But since we saw our church friends a lot outside of school, too, they were always a constant for us. Our social lives consisted of immediate family, extended family, and church friends. It was a pretty good group of people overall. We were fortunate to be able to identify early in the divorce those who still loved us and supported us and those who were not so comfortable associating with us. Even though we lost some friends, we were extremely blessed with those who did make a point to stick with us. Since social media has become such a big thing, I have seen so much growth in individuals who may not have understood our family then, but have broadened their views on acceptance and loving one another. I may not be friends with those people today, but I am so proud of them for the progress that they've made. I am eternally grateful for the friends that stuck by our side that entire time, and I'm proud to say that I am still friends with them today. A lot of them have separated themselves from the church, and that is their choice. I will support any choice you make that you feel is good for you. As long as you're not harming others or breaking the law or anything crazy, but besides that, I will support people and their God-given right to choose for themselves what is best for them. I want to show the respect to everyone that I did not always feel growing up. Sorry for that tangent, back to story time. Once my sister graduated high school, she decided to serve a mission for our church, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. It felt as if it came out of nowhere a little bit, I don't remember her expressing any interest in serving one until the day she told us she submitted her application. I can say that she felt drawn to serving. I have always been so proud of her for making that decision to go out into the world on her own 
especially in that way. You decide to leave your family for 18 months for women. It is 24 months for men. And you dedicate your everyday life to sharing the gospel and bringing people closer to our Savior and Father in heaven. Initially, when I first heard about her decision, I was a little sad. I was still in high school, so I couldn't go on one too. I was scared because I always had her, so I had no idea what I would do without her. I saw her most of the day when we weren't in school. We shared a Jack and Jill bathroom, so we were constantly banging on the doors asking the other to unlock our side. We used to just barge into each other's rooms, no knock, just walk in and talk about our days. Things were about to change, and I needed to learn how to be okay, both emotionally and mentally, on my own. I wanted her to go on this adventure of a lifetime and learn to be the person she always knew she could be. That just meant that I had to have a personal growth journey too. I was 16 at the time, fresh license, I had a car, ready to be independent. I transferred to an independent charter school because I felt sitting in a chair for eight hours a day was a big waste of time for me. Both of my parents are very intelligent and they instilled in me the drive to be the best student that I could be. School always came easy to me, so I knew there had to be a more effective way to spend my time than sitting in a classroom. Once I transferred to an independent study program, I picked up two jobs and just started working. I was lucky enough to find a couple girlfriends who went to the same school I did and enjoyed the same time freedoms. We schooled hard and worked hard so that we could play hard. We always made time to go to one of our favorite places, a place that holds so many happy memories for me, so much magic and joy. One of my absolute favorite locations that kept me feeling positive and energized. And that place was Disneyland. (laughs) There was a time in my life where I was able to go almost weekly if I planned it out right. I was starting to feel like I was creating a path of my own. I didn't have time for negative energy or things that were a waste of time in my eyes. I remember thinking of all the other kids my age who were still at a normal school or could only work a few hours a day after school and still had to find time to cram in to do their homework. I never thought that what they were doing was wrong. I just knew it wasn't something I was interested in, and I wanted them to be happy with what they were doing too. I never felt like I needed to sway anyone into doing what I was doing. I knew that I would find like-minded people wherever I go. I didn't want anyone to be forced into something that they didn't think was right for them. Even from a young age, without even knowing it, I was trying to show respect for people's decisions even when I knew they weren't right for me. Just because it isn't my path doesn't mean it's a bad path. In terms of schooling and work, we all ended up in the same place anyway. I graduated as a member of the National Honor Society, and I got all the fun tassels that meant I accomplished something. Another pivotal moment for me was when I entered my very first beauty pageant. 
Growing up, I was not very girly. I played baseball with the boys, not softball, and I loved playing soccer. I mostly had guy friends with just a select few girlfriends, but I never really got into dressing up a lot, wearing pink, or anything frilly, and makeup was never my forte. I mostly just wore jeans and t-shirts, and that was what made me comfortable. But I got a generic letter in the mail from the National American Miss pageant, just telling me about the different areas of competition and what an empowering experience it is for young women. I believe I was 16 when I did my first pageant. It intrigued me to have an excuse to get all dressed up and try something that I've never done before. It was a big shock to a lot of my friends and family. None of them were necessarily against it, but they all poked fun at me, which I didn't mind at the time. I figured the fun that I would have that weekend greatly outweighed any jokes that people wanted to make. What I did not expect to get out of my very first pageant was the personal growth I experienced. It showed me that I can transform myself to be anything that I want to be. My past self of being more of a tomboy did not mean that I can't go out and still enjoy being girly from time to time. I realized I don't have to be confined to any labels or stereotypes. At the time, I was just thinking of physical stereotypes that I was portraying, but as time went on, I realized that I don't have to fit into any kind of stereotype, whether it's physical, mental, emotional, religious, or political. It was one of the most freeing experiences that really boosted my confidence. I did not win a thing in competition, but what I did win was so much more than any trophy, sash, or crown that they could have given me. I felt like I was finally building a new me, independent from my sister, from my family, from my religious ties. I was discovering who I wanted to be, what was making me the most comfortable, and who I was when I was truly happy. Throughout this entire life journey of mine, there was one constant the entire time, to this day. It is the gospel. I'm not here to preach, but I do need to make aware of the fact that I could not have built myself back up without the knowledge that I am a child of God. I know that Jesus Christ has felt every emotion and thought that runs through me every single day. He strengthens me when I feel as if I can't go on or I just don't know where to go. I'm not going to lie. I struggled a lot with finding my testimony. I had a lot of doubts and unknowns about where my childhood family fit within the boundaries of the LDS religion. But through all of the prayers I said when I was feeling lost or alone, I received an incredible piece of self-revelation. I can't focus on the unknowns, the things that I cannot control. I need to learn how to trust and how to have faith. And in the meantime, I need to focus on what I can control, which is my thoughts, my actions, 
and my emotions. This realization is what has given me the most peace in my life. When someone acts negatively towards me, I can't change that. I don't know what's going on in their lives that is causing them to be unhappy. I can't control that. What I can control is how I respond to them. I can still show them grace and love by accepting the fact that they might need more of that in their lives. I don't have to be subjected to their outward feelings of negativity if my inner peace is strong. So at the end of the day, I stopped worrying about what my childhood family situation looked like in God's eyes because I knew at some point I would be creating a family of my own. I needed to keep my eyes forward and grow into the person I could be proud of for my future family. The past is done with. I can't change it. And I wouldn't want to, even if I could. All of these experiences compiled together have given me the clarity that I needed to realize that I have a choice. I always have a choice. I will never please everyone with any choice that I make. There will always be critics on any side of an argument. So why not just stand tall in your truth? You will be the target of negative talk, no matter what choice you make. You can't make everyone happy. But you do have the ability to make one person happy every single time you make a choice. And that person is you. If you are happy with your choice, if you feel confident in your decision, then you don't need to seek approval from others. Of course, it's nice when our loved ones agree with us. But when you stop looking for that outside validation, you will feel so much more complete on the inside. Even if someone doesn't understand what you are doing or agree with what you are doing, if they can see how truly happy and confident you are in yourself, if they really loved you, they would be happy for you. Looking back, I did not realize how blessed I was to have the supports and outlets that I did. I know I was greatly blessed to have not only the people close to me that I needed to get through those tough times, but I was also blessed with beautiful places that I could escape to, both physically and mentally. Between my sister, my family, books, Disneyland, and the gospel, I had a really good foundation for a support system. I want to encourage you to think about what kind of supports and outlets that you may have in your life right now, whether they are people, places, or activities. Take a moment and try to identify some of the sources in your life that can bring you daily positivity. But I want you to remember that those supports and outlets can really only get you so far. They are great to have around when you are in the trenches and need help getting out. But what will ultimately keep you out of the trenches is finding that stability within yourself. Cultivating confidence in yourself is one of the pillars that I will be talking about in the next episode. 
There are three main pillars that I needed to build in myself in order to have the confidence to express my personal opinions freely and not come from a defensive place. I don't need to feel insecure about my choices or my actions. I don't need to argue or come from a defensive and angry place. I know I am always doing what I feel is best for myself, and I am always open to hearing what my friends and family have to say about my opinions. But at the end of the day, I'm the only one who has control over my actions. I have been able to build myself up to a place where I no longer allow the negativity to get to me. I have found that inner peace that I had been struggling to discover for most of my life. I can feel that there are several people in the world struggling to find that inner peace as well. It is evident in the turmoil that is running rampant through the world right now. If you want to create any kind of world peace, we must look within ourselves first. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Peacemakers United. If this podcast has added any kind of value to your life, please don't hesitate to share it with a friend who could use a positivity boost. I would love to hear any questions, comments, or concerns you may have. You can find us on Instagram at peacemakers underscore united or our Peacemakers United Facebook page. If you enjoy the content we are sharing in this series, we would appreciate an honest five-star review. Until next time, Peacemaker!